Welcome to this special edition of the On Mission podcast. My name is Mark Mennell, sitting in for our regular host, Chris Wright, and I serve alongside him as part of the Langham Partnership, working for one of the three programs of the ministry, Langham Preaching. And you can find out more about that and the rest of Langham's work at our website, langham.org. That is L-A-N-G-H-A-M dot O-R-G. Chris is away at the moment with a very packed preaching schedule around uh, a number of different churches and that is why I'm hosting this episode. It's a special edition because I recorded a conversation with a Ukrainian church leader and was asking him about the conditions that Christians are facing in the country at the moment. Due to the volatile nature of the situation there, we're withholding the name of this particular leader as well as his institutions for his safety. The conversation was recorded on Tuesday the 8th of March 2022 and as you'll hear in the coming minutes we have many reasons to be in prayer for the church in Ukraine and indeed for the whole country. Langham Partnership has a strong network of scholars, writers and pastors in Ukraine and you're about to hear from one of them who remains in the country. It's our prayer that you will gain much from this special edition of On Mission as well as be given fuel for prayer. Uh, Can you just tell us about the conditions that you are in uh, at the moment? This is what, day 13 or 14 of the invasion? Mm -hmm. The Russian occupation forces are just outside the city. Uh, We experience heavy shelling and bombing every day and every night in this part of the city where we stay at the moment. Uh, the last three nights, we had to leave the seminary. Uh, we stayed at the campus till the three days ago. But then the military Ukrainian uh, army warned us that it is not safe anymore to stay at the campus. These are the cities that were heavily bombed. They are basically ruined. That's where my apartment uh, is located. And I think that it is ruined too. Mm. So I basically have no place to, to go back to. Terrible. Um, yes. So the conditions are, well, it's a war situation. It's a, Do you uh, have water? Uh, yes. At the moment, uh, in terms of electricity, water, food, as you see, uh, internet connection, mm. <laughs> because we were kind of uh, anxious that we might be cut off yes. of, uh, you know, connections uh, and uh, internet connections, mobile connections and stuff like that. But at the moment, uh, we have water, we have food, we have electricity, we have internet connections, so mm. we are connected to the world. Uh, we can use facebook instagram and so we can communicate uh, the situation which i do i every morning Mm -hmm. i will write a a small post just to uh to put down the situation my experience of it and 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 things like that well long may those connections continue yeah 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 so you mentioned the seminary, and uh, presumably there are students there. Just tell us about what, what led you to stay. Uh, well, the first reason uh, I decided to stay was that we had to evacuate the seminary students and the staff 
which we did. Uh, the last portion of uh, 50 people, 53 people that we managed to evacuate, uh, I think five or six days ago, mm -hmm. uh, was miraculously done. Mm -hmm. And we had to basically change our plan every half an hour because the situation was changing rapidly Terrible. into this in, in the city. So we had to kind of, you know, adapt and change our plan uh, in mm -hmm. order to make sure that the people we put into a bus will be taken away through the safe uh, corridor or mm -hmm. safe uh, path outside uh, the city. And thanks God we did it. Uh, it was a special, I was especially nervous Mm -hmm. uh, when I saw on the way, as I led them out of the city uh, in my car, when I saw the bus uh, shut down completely. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, it kind of put my anxiety up. Uh, but uh, we managed to evacuate everyone. Uh, wow. And then we decided that uh, uh, two of us, I myself and the president of the school, and then those students who volunteer on their own responsibility to stay with us, that we will just stay on campus in order to protect the uh, property, the library. You know, there are many, so many things uh, in campus. And at the same time, we will volunteer and we will work with the most vulnerable. We will distribute the food to the elderly people, to the orphans, uh, we will help and assist the military uh, people with the medicine, not with mm -hmm. the army or with the weapon, but the, with yes. food, uh, medicine and, and things like that. And that's what we do every day uh, from mm -hmm. early in the morning till late in the evening, because uh, on the, uh, in the evening at eight o'clock, we have a curfew till wow. seven o'clock in the morning. Right. So um, that's what we do. We just, take a bread, we have some uh, Christian brothers who bake the bread. Uh, we have some uh, churches that uh, from the Western regions that assist us, assist us with medication, with the food, with the water, and we just put it into a van, we drive around, and wherever we see people standing, be, uh, standing to the um, shop, which is empty, uh, we come there, we distribute the bread, we distribute water, we distribute uh, medicine uh, in, in case they need, and so on and so forth. So now we have two bases where we uh, storage all the humanitarian aids that is provided by our brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. And we just take three cars and we load them and then we just... Uh, help the people uh, who have suffered from this uh, horrible war. Do you get the sense that this is really binding Ukrainians together in the middle of the horror? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I've, um, uh, I've sensed it in 2014 when mm -hmm. we started Maidan. Maidan. And, mm -hmm. Yes. And, and now... Every day I sense uh, it's, it's just unbelievable consolidation of the Ukrainian people. Uh, 
And every time when I see how everyone uh, wants to do something, uh, to contribute something to the to this situation, I just cannot imagine how we can be overcome with that spirit, with that um, um, perseverance, uh, mm. and you know everyone would stay. We will stand till the end, and whatever this end might be, we must pray for that perseverance. I wonder, are there particular things you are praying for each day that might be helpful for us to use in our own prayers? Well, my uh, I publish my prayers every day and ah. they are very, they are very kind of um, uh, relevant to the situation, to my feeling, to my plans mm. for the day. So, for example, if uh, ahead, if the day ahead of us is evacuation of people like in, uh, invalids, mm. uh, elderly people that that need a special assistance, I pray that God would help us, that He would protect us, that He would give us uh, wisdom and courage uh, to evacuate people with the best, uh, you know best possible way how we can do it uh, but my constant prayer is that this madness should stop somehow yes. you know i don't know how yes. but uh, it is just uh, you know when you see how your city is changing every day mm-hmm. and it is not changing into a better but it, no. it changes into some apocalyptic scenes and you remember how you visited this restaurant, how you spend time with your children there or how you spend uh, your time with your friends in in, in that place and it is bombed, it is Mm. now dark, Uh, it is ruined. So your heart just, you know, aches. It is heartbreaking. I mean, I have visited Ukraine a few times and obviously it's not my home, but I have deep friendships and connections and recognizing streets and places i visited just on the news being destroyed it's i don't know can't imagine what it's like when it's your own place um just truly terrible um well finally could you just guide us in how we can support i think many people listening to this will be praying for for you and for um, god's people uh, and the citizens of ukraine but are there other practical things you could advise, you know, for many of us so far away? Well, we uh, we would like, uh, you know, uh, it's um, we would like that the freedom we stand for uh, and the values we stand for. Uh, these are the values we learn from the liberal democracies, you know, and we would like. Uh, your countries uh, to be more um, sacrificial more, perhaps uh, sacrificial yes <laughs> more uh, active in a way mm. uh, that you know it's I, I'm, I mean I, every morning I think that how in the world we come to the politics that one mm. crazy aggressor <clears throat> one mad uh, dictator and there is no way, no means to stop him. It's something is not right with, uh, with our world. 
Uh, and I think that sanctions are okay. That's that's yeah, but it takes time, and uh, but this time takes lives, uh, yes. innocent thousands of innocents' life. And I I like our president and the way he behave and the way he acts. And we think that um, if your government doesn't act, can we? through the public uh, mm. pressure mm. of your country, uh, force them to be more resolute uh, in yes. the way that uh, this uh, horrible war can end. Because, you know, uh, yes, we will rebuild our country. Yes, we will. But there are, there are hundreds and thousands of lives we will not be able to bring back. So what we well, what our message would be is that is there a way that there can be more public pressure uh, on your government to become more resolute in those promises they gave us uh, uh, so that this whole uh, madness would stop somehow. Yes. sooner than later because um, later the cost will be uh, higher yes. and, and we will lost too many lives. Uh, we already lost too many lives. So the question is how many lives still we have to lose before uh, the world acts. Absolutely. So that's, that's probably the that's probably the um, the questions and the, the prayer requests. Mm -hmm. and, and I know how the, the Western politic works. If there is a public pressure, the politicians have to take into account uh, yes. this public pressure. It is not Russia. Uh, you know, Russia just ignored the public pressure and they uh, quench any public pressure uh, yeah. right at the, at the beginning. But Western world uh, lives and works and thinks differently. And I think there, there must be a way uh, to stop this madness. Well, I just, and before coming to talk with you, watched President Zelensky address the British House of Commons. Mm -hmm. And I, I, think that's the first, that well. he, I think that's the first time I've ever seen anybody do it like that. And it was very inspiring indeed. And so I can imagine well, that will <clears throat> add to the pressure from the public here. Are you located in UK or? Yes. So just outside okay. London. Well, then then uh, let me just uh, give me a, one more minute. I, I, I want to thank to the UK government and to the UK people, because at the moment, this is the country that we sense the support the most. Mm. Wow. So through you, I want to thank the UK public uh, and UK people and the government and Boris Johnson, whoever thinks whatever about him. But I know. in this situation, I think he he acts um, he acts resolutely on behalf of the Ukrainian people. Mm. Well, let's hope many others rally to the cause. Yeah. Yes, and I hope that my daughter will be welcomed to UK at least well, once. I think the pressure um, to accept more refugees is building all the time.
So that will definitely have to change, I'm sure. But uh, at the moment, it's not ideal. But anyway, thank you so much. Uh, we will pray for you, pray that you keep safe. Thank you for what you shared with us. Thank you for the work you're doing, particularly with people who are vulnerable and cannot leave the city. Yeah. Um, may God bless you and may this war come to an end very, very soon. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye.